0: November 1963, the first episode of Doctor Who was broadcast. Little did people know that on that evening, a television legend was born. And now, 50 years and 11 Doctors later, Doctor Who will celebrate its half century in November 2013. And already, social media, bloggers, forums and podcasters have already begun those celebrations. But why has this show survived and how has a little British sci-fi show about a man who travels through time and space in a battered blue police box, once famous for its wobbly sets, cheap special effects and occasionally hammy acting, become the global sensation that it is today? In an occasional series of interviews, I'll be talking to fans, bloggers and podcasters and try to find out what they love and hate about the show what their favourite memories are, and ask why has this show about a madman in a box survived for so long? My guest this week is, some of you probably know if you follow me on Twitter, but uh, goes by the name of It's Mother Who, other than known as Lisa Hazelgrees. Hi Lisa. Hello Phil. How are you?
1: I'm oh, not too bad, thanks. How are you today?
0: I'm pretty good, thank you. Pretty damn good. Excellent. Now, um, as everyone should know, you're an occasional contributor to the Talking Who podcast and occasional Doctor Who blogger as well. I am indeed, yeah. So, would it be right for me to describe you as a bit of a Doctor Who Uber fan? Uh, I'll let you get away with that, yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a good start then, aren't we? Okay, so basically, how, how long have you been a fan of Doctor Who?
1: um since Tom Baker I would say Mm -hmm. because I'm of an age you know I'm of an age so I'm 42 now so I have memories of Pertwee but not much but definitely Tom Baker and Sarah Jane they were my sort of time and I just wanted desperately to have Sarah Jane's yellow um she had like a yellow mac and that's my main memory of Badgering my mum
0: for months and months to get me a yellow Mac like Sarah Jane. the one from the Sun experiment? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Excellent. So, um, would it be fair to say that your sort of um, your sort of your first Doctor Who Mary would have been of like Tom Baker and Sarah Jane, or, or was there anything you sort of got a, a distant recollection of before them?
1: I can remember Bessie. mm. Um But I can't can't really remember any stories really from there. And to be honest, I'm revisiting all the classic stories because my memory, my memories are quite vague of them. So I've got a lot of, well, I've got all of Tom's, Mm. but all the other doctors, I'm just sort of getting those now, you know, trying to sort of catch, catch up on them
0: yeah so as as I mean people usually say the doctor they grew up with is their doctor um would would it be fair to say that Tom Baker's your doctor or or have you got another
1: well yeah Tom Baker is definitely my doctor but to be honest, because my love of Doctor Who has grown so much, watching it with my kids and seeing them go through all the same emotions and experiences as I did as, as a child. Yeah. So, I've got to be honest, the three um, new doctors will always hold a special place in my heart because I introduced my daughter, you know, she was introduced to Eccleston, and then Henry sort of joined us. A, it was. Near, a, not. Uh, right at the start of David, maybe a couple of weeks in. Yeah, yeah. And I sort of became a Whovian. Yes.
0: Oh, Sweet. fantastic! <laughs> but let me just, let me just introduce Henry to everybody. Hello. Hi, Henry. <laughs> Glad to have you with us. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think you're right actually, because um, I think what sort of made me realise how popular Doctor Who became again was seeing kids playing in the street.
1: That's right, yeah. And and
0: there was a a group of kids running sort of down the road, and one of them shouted out after the other, you can't run, you're a Cyberman." Brilliant. So I thought, that that is it, Doctor Who is well and truly back, isn't it? Yeah. So so what what would you say was your favourite story? Um, Is it like a classic story or one of the, what is now classed as New Who? I think,
1: oh God, there's so many. I've tried to answer this question to so many people. I definitely think I'm really attached to New Who, and I have so many favourites. I mean, I definitely like the talents of Wen Chang, the Baker Story. That's my because I can remember being terrified as a kid by that. Yeah, I remember the absolute horror of it all. But I think because the new stories we had, we've had the DVDs for so long now. We watched them with the kids, and I love Dalek. I just think, I can remember sitting watching it with Victoria, who was seven at the time, and I tried to explain to her how menacing Daleks were and how terrifying they were. Mm. But trying to describe a Dalek to a child, it just sounded comical. And nothing I could do could make her scared of them. And when we sat down to watch Dalek, she wasn't scared at all. And when Eccleston sees the Dalek for the first time, and in those few seconds when you can actually feel his terror, she then realised, and it was just, it was wonderful for me. I know it sounds awful. It was wonderful for me to see my daughter be so terrified of something that had given me nightmares as a child. And it was so, Dalek is one of my very, very favourites for that reason.
0: So do you reckon that, you know, it's always been allegations against Doctor Who that it's been far too scary for children? Are you of the opinion that scaring children is actually quite a good thing?
1: I think it has to be scary. I think that's, um, it doesn't have to be, but I think it is a really good thing that kids experience that sort of. Terror, and then the hero because he, he is a hero to them and he comes and he saves the day and I think it's, it is a should be a good fairy story and I think that's what Doctor Who to me mm. is about although Henry would disagree with me Henry is terrified of the weeping angels
0: yeah, oh, with good um, reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he won't. I mean, he won't even. He hasn't watched the last episode with Amy and Rory, and because he just would know that he would have nightmares. I, so I yeah. didn't try, but my mom, your, she's telling me to watch it, but I don't. want Yeah, Henry wouldn't watch it. Like oh, we saw the trailer, but when we watched it, we thought he would like it, but he he hasn't been brave enough yet. But that's okay, Henry, to not be to not be brave. put
0: your communicator down so yeah I mean that's it, what do you think there's a lot of sort of as I said criticism towards Doctor Who at the moment um, do you think of that sort of justified, there will seem to be very very sort of keen on sort of rubbishing the show especially the press with like the you know tumbling viewing figures Um, what's your what's your take on that why do you think the press are so determined to sort of bring something so popular down
1: I think the press do that with anything I think the press like to build things up and then when they get it up there they tend to knock it down I've got to be honest though Phil this second half of series 7 has it hasn't disappointed i was scared it was losing its way and the very last episode though was such a sigh of relief to me because it was so brilliant and perfect and, and back to a proper doctor who story but i've i think i've struggled with clara because a, a lot of doctor who for me is you get emotionally involved with the characters and you're taken on a story with them whether it's a happy story or scary story or a sad story and because we didn't know clara mm. i get emotionally attached to her so i'm hoping that now we sort of know a backstory that from now on we'll be able to sort of well, groove with her a bit more
0: i was going to say they haven't really fans haven't really clicked with clara as they did with um amy and rory and also um rose as well Yes, yeah. Why why do you think that... What what sets Rose and Amy and Rory apart from, say, Clara? Because, Clara, it's not just yourself. There's been a lot of other fans who haven't really clicked with her yet.
1: I think it's because what normally happens is you're introduced to a companion and you find out a little bit about their backstory and who they are. With Rose, we went... You know, we were introduced to her in her time. We knew her mum... We knew a little bit of her backstory. We knew her boyfriend. It was the same with Amy. We sort of, we've we've known her from childhood, really. Mm. But Clara, we'd met her three times and she was different every time. Mm. And I don't think you can get emotionally attached to someone when you don't know who they are. That's my sort of view on it anyway. And I think that held people back. People couldn't sort of... Get emotional about her because they weren't sure if she who she was and what she was going to turn out to be.
0: I think hope. I mean, hopefully now that that sort of plot arc is over, yeah. fans might take to her. Yes, Because yeah. I I, I, mean, I just actually think she's actually quite quite good. I think she will work out to be a really great companion.
1: I agree. I think she's brilliant and, and she's she's lovely to look at. She's lovely to watch, and um, she doesn't sort of dote on the doctor and. You know, she's very intelligent and things. So I think she is going to be a really good companion. Now we're going to be allowed to get emotionally attached to her because we know a story.
0: Well, as we sort of briefly touched on sort of discussing that, we briefly sort of touched on the sort of fans and, and how they react and fandom, really. Yeah. Um, what sort of fan would you describe your, yourself? Because there seems to be like three camps Of fandom at the moment, you've got the fans who just like classic who and detest new who, and you've got the ones who sit in the middle who like both, and you've got then you've got the other side who just like new who and can't stand the classic series. Um, So, how would you? Because you're saying you're just discovering a lot of the older episodes again, the classic who. Yeah. Um, which, Which camp would you sort of put yourself in, and why?
1: Well, I think I just I just love Doctor Who. I think that's a, I'm a fan of Doctor Who, so it doesn't matter what Doctor Who I watch. You just I just like it. You that's, can't pick if you like the old ones or the new ones because they're better in different ways. They are, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's it, yeah, and I think I get quite annoyed with the um, the classic fans who sort of don't they're quite mean to the younger ones who only like knew who but what they have to remember is that not all kids have the benefit of and parents who've got racks of dvds for them to watch and you know can sort of introduce them they and i think we've got to be able to hand the baton on to them and say yeah it's great that you're into sci-fi and you love this show and sort of nurture them and introduce them to other things. And my daughter's now reading Neil Gaiman books because he wrote an episode of Doctor Who. So, I mean, that's a brilliant thing, isn't fantastic.
0: it? Fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, Fantastic.
1: It shouldn't so there shouldn't be deride. My daughter won't watch classic. Henry will watch it with me. My daughter's fifteen. She just laughs at it. She just thinks it's absolutely ridiculous. She pulls the special effects to pieces. And so I mean, we can't help that that's the way kids are now. And yeah. should be glad that they're watching whatever they're watching, as long as they're watching Doctor Who.
0: Now, when the show came back in 2005, how, what, what did you think it was going to be? Because in my mind, I thought it was still going to be not sort of the same wobbly sets, but the similar sort of stories. And, of course, when it came back, there was more what people now class as a soap opera element to it. Yeah. Um, how have you sort of – and that sort of continued right through up until now to a certain degree. How, how do you sort of view that? Is that something you enjoy as the show now? Do you think that's, it makes it more relevant to a modern audience?
1: I definitely think it's it's made it more relevant to a modern audience. I, I've got to be honest. The first few episodes, I can I can remember watching, and when the bin, the wheelie bin,
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can
1: just remember thinking, "Oh my God, what are they going to do with it?" You know, but it definitely redeemed itself. And yeah, I think the sort of the continuation and the story arcs. I think kids are the younger people now. <laughs> we <We're dropping> everything. <laughs> Everything's so they can get information immediately now, and so you've got to have these sort of story arcs. I think to keep them involved and interested. Otherwise, I think there wouldn't be such a big sort of lot of people watching it. You know, yeah. the people today are very. I can't think of the word. Do you know what I mean? The sort of everything's at their disposal instantly and they've, they've got to have that interest there, I
0: think. Well, that's right. And I think that also comes on to something like spoilers as well because people want to know everything um, yes. about yeah. what, you know, what's coming up. Um, what's your, I know recently you stayed off of Twitter, didn't you? When, Did it? Yeah. when it was announced that, the, um, that 210 people have received Series 7B Blu-ray contained the last episode. Yeah, with a doctor. Um, so I'm assuming from that, is some spoilers is something you take very seriously.
1: It's not that I take it very seriously. It's just I love the show so much. For example, before the Christmas episode, when they released pictures of the new, the inside of the Tardis, the BBC yeah. official pictures, I tried really hard not even to look at that because I just, to me, it's sitting down with my kids. I'm the other half, of course. <laughs> Sitting down as a family together and all sharing in the experience together. Yeah. And so, so to me, spoilers do exactly what they say on the tin. They spoil that sort of group, sort of shock or whatever it is you're experiencing. If you know about it before, if one of you knows about it before, it does spoil it.
0: It and does, yeah. So what What about sort of like, I mean, as you say, the BBC release photographs and everything, which people now sort of term as official spoilers. So yes. that tends to sort of make it OK because the BBC's done it. Um, I mean, I'm personally trying to avoid them as well, if I, I can. Do.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I try not to look at anything. As I say, I didn't even look at those pictures that the BBC released of the inside of the new TARDIS. I just refused
0: to, re- to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> It also doesn't help when you've got uh, sort of actors giving away things as well, because you had John, right. John Hurt actually let slip. He was the doctor.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I hadn't yeah,
0: really um, that. yeah. So, so it for so the people who did uh, read that, it must have lessened the impact uh, yes. for, for the end of Name of the Doctor, which I think is still one of the best cliffhangers in Doctor Who history. Yeah. Yes. I really I just, do.
1: It was amazing. Yeah.
0: So, in sort of in the show's. Um, you know when it was cancelled in 1989 yeah. did you sort of did you sort of get into like the books and the and sort of buying the videos as as they were then well
1: by 1989 Phil i was 19 years old and i was going to the hacienda so <laughs> doctor who had sort of slipped by the wayside a couple of years previous to that yeah so um it was sort of um When my daughter was just 15, now it was when she was quite small, and obviously, I had a sort of enforced no social life, yeah. That sort of got into the books and things. Um, so I've read quite a lot of books, and I've only recently started listening to the big finish stuff.
0: Yes, I was going to say, have you sort of because I've only started recently listening to a lot of them myself, actually. and I, I think, on the whole, they're really good. What, what's your take on Because it's, for fans of Classic Who, it's, it's their only sort of Classic Who f- or new Classic Who fix, isn't it? It
1: is, it is, yeah. And, I, I mean, to be honest, I've got it's people on Twitter and talking about it and raving about it so much, which is why I've sort of, I've I've got one or two of them now. And, yeah, you see, I quite like to read, that's my... So... <laughs> Even though the the audio stuff's really good, to me, I prefer to sit down. I'm quite old fashioned. I like a book in my hand, and um, so so to me, books are better. But I, I can see how the the classic fans really like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So was it the the, uh, the new adventures or the Target novelizations that you that you started to read? Because personally, when I was a kid, I used to get the Target novels from our local library um, I've read a lot
1: of target novels yeah but recently I've been buying obviously all the the new releases and things I've, I've, I've showed her I absolutely loved and um, I'm trying to think what else I've read so many Phil I can't think <laughs> um,
0: <absolutely. laughs> so who, who do you think re- sort of as you've read so many who sort of translate better to the to the written page which doctor is sort of works out best
1: well, in my head, it's always Tom, but that I think that's because he's so stuck in my head that he's very easy to visualize, and I can hear him speaking. And um, I've tried, someone bought me a book the other day, and it was a I can't remember what it was. Don't you have a, it's not necessarily. It's not a written two minutes Henry yeah I think Tom is my favorite is my favorite to read because as I say I can visualize him so well and hear his voice and see him swishing his scarf and what have
0: you yeah it's such an iconic image that it, it, it does stay in seems- your mind doesn't it yeah, yeah yeah so I mean after um you know 50 years of Doctor Who even though there was a bit of an enforced um break <laughs> wasn't there for a few <laughs> years um why do you think it's lasted so long
1: Um, I think, I guess, probably because they were really, really clever and decided to regenerate the actor. I think that's obviously helped. Um, And I think science fiction, fantasy, it's always going to catch people's imagination. I do. I think there's always going to be a place for that in, in people's sort of hearts and heads. And the Doctor is such he's just a good old-fashioned hero really isn't he he is yeah and i think that will relate in any time so yeah i think that's it he's just a good old-fashioned hero he he's always nice and he doesn't he thinks everything's wonderful and i just think that will translate whatever time it is and i think that's why it's lasted so long
0: so obviously, I said at the top of the show that you are an occasional contributor to Talking Who podcast, yeah. um, and also an occasional blogger. What, does, what sort of? Um, how did you get into sort of making contributions to Talking Who? It was
1: through Twitter actually. I hadn't actually been long in the Twitter world, and um, they were just asking if anyone would like to contribute, and I thought it was some sort of writing, so I agreed to it. <laughs> but, <laughs> If I'd known for one second I was actually going to have to video myself, I never would have done it because I found it so stressful. <laughs> I just thought writing about my favourite thing would be wonderful. So that's mm. actually how I got involved and then found out it was a short video segment. So stressed really hard about it and... Seventy-five edits later, managed to get them something, you know. But I can't watch it. It's so when when I'm actually on the show, I watch the live broadcast. But I have to leave the room when I'm on. I just I can't bear
0: it. Well, there's, there's a lot of famous actors who can't bear to watch themselves on the screen either. So. Oh, well, I'm in
1: good company then. You yeah. are indeed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so with regards to your, um, your blogging as well, did that come before talking, or was it, or did it was it like a spin-off? It was what sort of spin-off
1: from them. Because I was doing reviews of podcasts for Talking Who, I always wanted to, to put like the transcript um, up somewhere so that the, the podcasts I've reviewed could direct their listeners or viewers to the actual review. So that's why it started. And then last year I took part in the April A to Z blogging challenge yeah. where you do a blog post a day throughout April starting it and ending in Z, and I decided to do that all on Doctor Who, which I did, with I ended up looking like a feral cat for the whole month, <laughs> It I was just so mad trying to get these blog posts in every day, but thoroughly enjoyed that, um, and it's sort of just gone from there, but obviously I haven't blogged a lot recently because you know there was a little bit of trouble with that man and yes
0: indeed yes we we I don't I think anyone who follows you on Twitter will know exactly what you're talking about yeah I still
1: just kept kept away from it for a bit but I'm hoping to get back to it soon obviously with kids and work and what have you
0: it is difficult it is difficult it is yeah Yeah. (laughs) excellent well um I was gonna say thank you very much Lisa for taking for for being our, our inaugural guest
1: you're very welcome, and I do apologise for kids and cats and phones buzzing everywhere.
0: Oh, that's perfectly okay. <laughs> okay, Lisa. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks, Phil. Thank you.
0: You were listening to the Who See podcast. Please visit our website at whos-he-podcast.co.uk and please also follow us on Twitter at whos-he-podcast. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.